Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It's the 21st. It's nice to have you guys with us this morning. It is a pretty comfortable, I guess, 80 degrees here because it is raining and it's overcast. So the nice thing is we should have kind of a constant temperature, not getting too high today and often feeling pretty cool if the rain, if it's raining and misty and the wind blows, it's pretty nice. So we're now into the rainy season. It's just going to get more and more. <laughs> I hope, I hope my, uh, my roof is going to hold up. I think it will. I mean, so far last year it was good, but every year you never know if it's going to start leaking or not. Well, we have a few interesting things going on this day in history. The first woman treasurer of the U.S., June 21st, 1949. So, okay, that's important to have a woman treasurer getting involved. National Mediation Board. <laughs> Government board established to handle disputes in the railroad and airline industry. Who knew? 1934. Here's an interesting one. First woman to parachute from an airplane in 1913, 18-year-old Georgia Broadwick. (laughs) Interesting. From 1,000 feet above Los Angeles. I can tell you from experience, 1,000 feet is not very high. To be, I mean, she would have had to be jumping out, you know, uh, with her parachute opening at that moment like they do in the military you couldn't do it couldn't do a skydive at that that altitude that's very very low Woolworths which we still have here in Puerto Vallarta 20 uh, June 21st 1879 opens its doors named Woolworths great five cent store located in Lancaster Pennsylvania becoming the largest department store in the world hmm the first store opened the f- previous year in that the first store that did open the previous year had failed in New York, but this one was a success, and it's still going today. Hmm. Um, there you go. St. Paul's Cathedral, June 21st, 1675. The construction began on this day, and let's see if there's one more. Mm, you, World War II, first attack on military installation on the U.S. mainland. June 21st, 1942, the Japanese submarines shells Fort Stevens, Oregon. No one was injured during that first attack of the war on the military installation in the U.S. mainland. The submarine fired 17 rounds, but the commander of Fort Stevens had ordered a blackout, and all rounds missed their target. It was also determined that the sub was out of range, and the fort commander ordered his men to hold their fire as the flashes would give away their position. The U.S. bomber attacked the sub, but the sub was able to submerge and escape. Hmm. Um, interesting. You know, that I actually didn't know that. I Kind of something in the back of my mind, but we actually had an attack on the U.S. mainland back in World War II. Well, let's look at two dad jokes before we get started into the word this morning. This one I found rather rather humorous. I broke my finger last week. On the other hand, I'm okay. How about this one? Don't spell part backwards. It's a trap. <laughs> there you go. All right. 
we're going to pray and we're going to get into the word that today. Father, thank you for this morning. And we do pray that you would guide and direct us as we look into your word, direct our minds, steer our hearts, help us to be um, putting together the, the, the little truths and the connecting things so that we have as clear, clear understanding of the intent of your word, what it's trying to teach, so that we can apply it in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 32. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely, in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. But he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy all you who are upright in heart. Psalm 51, for the choir director, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inmost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully 
sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may desire your praise, for you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. By your favor, do good to Zion. Then you would delight in righteous sacrifices, in burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then young bulls will be offered on your altar. Continuing on in Psalm 87, another prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O, o Lord. For to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you. For you will answer me. There is none like you among the peoples, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, and they shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O God, O Lord, my God. With all my heart, I will glorify your name forever. For your loving kindness towards me is great, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, arrogant men have risen up against me, and a band of violent men have sought my life, and they have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a sign of, for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Psalm 121. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem that is built as a city that is compact together to which the tribes go up, even the tribes of the Lord, an ordinance of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For their thrones were set for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your places. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord of God, I will seek your good. Psalms of David, and I included them all because I'd like to see the flow. David's of the first psalm may have been written at the same time or around the same time as Psalm 51. It is a psalm of repentance. Psalm 51, his big psalm of repentance. One of the most important psalms probably of all of David's life where he realized how badly he had sinned against the Lord, and this was the whole issue. This is why Nathan said that he would be forgiven. You know, it's 
it's doubtful in my mind that at the moment Nathan came to him, he stops. Wait a minute, Nathan, I got to write down Psalm 51. Uh, but Psalm 51 reveals his heart that once Nathan busted him and he, and he said, against the Lord, I've sinned. And all of that heaviness in his heart now he lays out in Psalm 51. And here was the underlying thing. He says, God, against you I sinned. Not just against Bathsheba. He did sin against her. But he sinned against the Lord. He saw it as something that was grievous to God. And he, and he repented. And you see him repenting. And you see this whole thing um, of what the other, I think it was the first psalm that talked about that. When he sins, he's, he, he carries that. He was carrying that heaviness with him. And he, he said uh, it, was, it was something he couldn't handle. And so he confesses it, and he repents of it, and God then restores him. And he realizes that God is good, and he prays, God, you know, don't take your love from me. He realizes that, that he could lose what was so precious. And, of course, here he also prays not to take the Holy Spirit from him, which was a real thing in the Old Testament. We don't see that today in the New Testament. And I know some brothers that don't like to sing that song where they, they try and cut that part out, you know, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Hey, they can't, you know, that can't happen. I go, I know. God won't take his Holy Spirit from us even when we sin now because we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. But at David's time, he could. It's impressive to see how David lays this all out to the Lord and, and so openly. And so he's restored uh, quickly to the Lord. And this is the beauty and, and the greatness of our God, that once we have repented and we confess it to the Lord, he is what? First John 1, 9, faithful and just to forgive us of all sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we become restored. Just the mercy and the greatness of our God. And of course, this last Psalm 121, giving us the, the prayer for Jerusalem and to... Um, to pray and 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 marvel that you know all the nations are going to come to Jerusalem. Everybody's going to pray. Everybody's going to praise God. All nations will honor Him, and so we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for the protection of Jerusalem, because this is going to be the culmination of all history there, and all nations are going to flow to it. And obviously, that's why the enemy is sending everything it can against it <laughs> in these last days. Acts chapter three. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to make alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple in Big Alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together 
to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? And why do you gaze at us? As if by our own power or piety we made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him is given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ should suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore repent, return, so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet from ancient times. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything that he says to you. And it will be that every soul who does not heed the prophets shall surely be destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announced these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from his wicked ways. What a powerful, powerful sermon to hear Peter preach. And Peter knew that God wanted them to heal this man for the opportunity of sharing the gospel in a powerful way in the temple, because as we've covered this gospel before in this story, they would have been going into the temple many times, day in and day out, and they would have passed by this man before. But it was this one particular day that God says, heal him. You see, healing comes by the sovereignty of God, and it is, um, I, I don't claim to understand it, it would, it seems like God would want people healed every day, all the time. And I think we are to pray a prayer of faith so that people can be healed because we don't know when God wants them to be healed. But there is this issue that God heals those he wants when he wants. Jesus at the pool of Salom did not heal all everybody that was there, everybody that wanted healing. He healed the one man. And there were other times where we see Jesus was with a gathering of people, and he heals everybody. So we let him be the one who heals, and we don't take that upon ourselves. Uh, anyone who has a gift of healing should be doing what Peter does. You, you know, you watch these guys on TV if they're healers. 
are they doing but Peter's doing hey why are you guys what looking at me I all of this is Jesus Christ Jesus is the only one that heals all I can do is be a channel for him to work through me and all of the glory goes to God and and most importantly after they have healed a few people they should be doing what Peter's doing and then proclaiming really boldly the gospel saying the reason you're seeing this healing is because God wants you to be healed in your heart, your life to turn, and to be walking with him. And so there's some very powerful and beautiful ways that God uses healing to proclaim his gospel because the real sickness is sin. That's the one that everybody has and everybody's dying from and will be separated from God for eternity. So this is the one, the one sickness that God is most concerned about and God wants to heal. And so it was a beautiful healing for this man. And he gets up immediately to strengthen. And what does he do? He goes into worship with the Lord. The one thing he couldn't do before is a lame man. Because of the law, he couldn't go in and enter into worship. And this is kind of the whole aspect of sin as well. The reason a sinner cannot enter into worship. They can go and ask for forgiveness. They're still outside the temple, so to speak. They cannot go in and worship in their sin. But God says, just come to me, I will touch you and heal you. And you can enter into fellowship, you can enter into worship and know what it is to have a relationship with your creator and your God. Be a part of the kingdom. What a beautiful thing we see happening here, represented by the layman who now goes in and worships with the Lord, worships with Peter and John. <laughs> okay, the, the women's war, this says, a Woman's War, which is Charles Spurgeon's devotional for today. The Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman, Judges 4.9. Rather an unusual text, but there may be souls in the world that may have faith enough to grasp it. Barak the man, though called to the war, had little stomach for the fight unless Deborah would go with him. And so the Lord determined to make it a woman's war. By this means, he rebuked the slackness of the man, gained for himself a more renowned, and cast the more shame upon the enemies of his people. The Lord can still use feeble instrumentalities. Why not me? He may use persons who are not commonly called to great public engagements. Why not you? The woman who slew the enemy of Israel was no Amazon, but a wife who tarried in her tent. She was no orator, but a woman who milked the cows and made butter. May not the Lord use any one of us to accomplish his purpose? Somebody may come to the house today, even as Sisera came to Jael's tent. Be it ours not to slay him, but to save him. Let us receive him with great kindness and then bring forth the blessed truth of salvation by the Lord Jesus, our great substitute, and press home the command, believe and live. Who knoweth but some stout-hearted sinner may be slain by the gospel today. <laughs> I love Charles Spurgeon, how he, <laughs> he phrases things. Mm. Yes, it's true. God can use anybody in any circumstance, if you are willing and open to the moving of the Spirit and walk by the Spirit and 
have the benefit of being in your Bible on a regular basis, daily basis, even better, because you will have the words to say. When The people that come to knock on your door these days that are willing to come in and listen are so often the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons or somebody that are selling a, uh, a false gospel. And so you have to be ready for that and ready for uh, a defense of the gospel. And I, I don't recommend that unless you are studied up and, uh, and let God use you. Don't be resisting it. Like I said, God, like he's saying here, you may be that one person, that ordinary person that God gives and turn them around. But be in the word, be aware of their gospel, their false gospel, and where they go wrong in it so you know the right way to steer the direction. You can't let them dominate the conversation because their intent is to confuse you and make you think they know the Bible more than you do or they know the verses. They know a lot of verses and how to take them out of context. And so you have to know yourself where they're doing that. And my approach is I simply come right out of the gate and say, would you like to know the Lord Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And, and, and I think that's a good approach. For me it is because I'm right away saying I don't recognize you as a Christian. And we are too often are, are feeling like, oh, wow, they look and they sound like a Christian. I guess I have to listen to them. You don't. You have to just say, I I'm, if you want to talk about God, I'll share who Jesus Christ is. Oh, I, I know I follow Jesus Christ, not mine. <laughs> you don't follow my Jesus because my Jesus Christ is divine. It's part of the Trinity. He's part of the Godhead. And he's, he and he alone has the power to pay the price of, for sin. If you want to know him, I'll be happy to share him with you. And if you want to talk about that, I'll be happy to talk about that. But I'm not talking about some alien from a different planet. I'm not talking about some angel that came and, and, and wants us to work to our salvation. So you find your own way. You find what God wants you to do you, but, but be ready. But especially Charles Spurgeon's really given us good encouragement here. It's the people who come and sit down in your family, the people that just are, 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 have gone through something really traumatic in their life. They lost their job or something's going on. And you may be that one person that can say, look, let me tell you what happened to me and let me show you in the word. Let me help you see that God is loving, God is gracious, and God wants to have a relationship with you. And the reason you're going through this, maybe, right now, is because God is reaching out to you. And watch what happens. Most of us will say that's how we got saved. Not by some great sermon some guy gave on a Sunday morning. It's used to by one person we sat down with that invited us to sit down and look at the Word together. You know, <laughs> we pastors would love to say, oh, everybody gets saved by my sermons Hardly anybody does in one sense. It's by everyone in the church who brought them to church, who then later goes out to lunch with them or afterwards says, you know, let me pray with you. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always kind of amazed by that on, on how uh, we tend to think in the church that the pastor has all this authority or this f for bringing people to God. And we're kind of used in many ways the same way healings is used for people to come and and see something uh, and you know wow and not maybe get the wow factor but that's listen and, and it brings them kind of into the sphere where god then can use the one person next to them to be the one that says let me show you how it 
how it is, what it is to be saved. Let me pray with you. And uh, this is why it's so encouraging to see what happens after church and to see the people that are talking and praying one with another. That's where real ministry happens. And uh, it, whether it happens from the pulpit or from wherever, from the seats or in the workplace or in your homes, doesn't matter. Just do it. Just be available. Be used of the Lord because it is wherever you are and wherever you're fellowshipping, um, you are needed. You're definitely needed to be used because too many people are too shy to say anything, to open up their mouths. And so many opportunities are being lost. So let's pray together. We have um, a little bit of time. We have um, uh, a lady in our church named Yuvia. Her mom's going to surgery on Thursday. We want to pray for that. Juan Carlos going in surgery on Friday. Pray for him and a few other people that are that are um, recovering or, or dealing with different different things going on. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come into your presence. And we thank you for your healing power as we see how this um, man was healed miraculously just by Peter and John reaching out and, and touching them. What a, I mean, what an amazing thing. How amazing um, that, that, that they were just directed at that one moment to look at him and touch him and say, rise up. God, we desire that. We would like to see, we'd like to be sensitive to that. Touch us, God. Guide us and help us when you want someone healed to have the faith to just touch them and lay our hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up. So help, um, help them, help us just to be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit, God. And we also ask that you would um, touch those that are in need of healing right now that have been reaching out to us and asking for it, especially UBS mom going in for surgery. May you just go before her. We don't know all the details of it, but obviously, God, she needs she needs some um, some healing going on inside her body, which is always a scary ordeal as we um, put our bodies on the table and asking these, putting our trust in these surgeons. But, so we pray for the surgeons, for the nurses, and we pray that as they go in, they'll be able to to um, rectify whatever's going on. If there's cancerous cells, God, that they be cut out, and then as they um, as they then. Uh, so we're up, there'd be no infection, be no uh, complications. So they would get through it really quick. Same for Juan Carlos on Friday, God, as he goes in to have the tumor removed. And our prayer, God, is that with the modern science techniques, they may be able to go in with the minimal amount of intrusion or incisions and be able to easily take it out. We pray that all of their equipment is uh, functioning especially if they have to use microscopic or anything, God, to get down to the very, very small uh, scale to see what they're doing. So we pray for that. We thank you for those nurses and the operating rooms and the, the technology, God. We thank you for that and ask you to uh, keep everybody on, <laughs> on task and so that there'll be a very quick and easy surgery. Pray, God, for those coming out of surgery, um, uh, the, our, one of the ladies in our church just went through surgery, I think, on uh, last Thursday. 
uh, Friday, and so she's she's now out of surgery. We thank you for uh, dealing with her with her surgery, and for those now going into treatment for their cancer. We think about Celeste in Greece doing cancer treatment. I uh, don't know about Dean and Kim with their Lyme's disease if they're doing treatment up there, God, but we ask that you help them get back here so they can complete their healing or that you'd be completing their healing supernaturally right now where they are, God, as they need their whole family needs to to have victory over this disease that's been causing so much, so debilitating in their life. So we pray for that. Um, so thank you for that, and we do want to pray for um, the peace of Jerusalem, for all that's going on there, that they continue to have a a peace relationship with the, the Palestinians, that they continue to have these relationships with their neighbors around them so that they, they, the war is not looming over them. But, Father, it's coming. We know it's coming. We thank you for their steadfastness and their fairness, God, of not trying to restrict the... Uh, Muslims in their worship, not trying to beat them down, being very fair-minded and trying to be very open. So we thank you for that. But God, we do pray that they have wisdom in their leadership because some of their some of their leadership now is doing some very unwise things. So we want to pray for that. We understand God with this whole new thing with the the um, natural gas going to Europe. This is going to intensify and speed up, Father, the prophetic events that are about to come. So prepare them, prepare us for whatever is coming, God. Help us and help us here in our little church to continue to be faithful to you and to be available to those around us so that they might come to know you and come to worship you. So we thank you and all that you're going to do today at the mission, God, with the kids and the the continued planning for the um, Vacation Bible School. We give you all praise, God, and glory for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, we will see you tomorrow at the same time. Uh, keep looking ahead uh, in the Bible if you want to. Stay with us. Invite people to come online with us live and let them know about the podcast if they can't. If they're traveling around, they can pick up the podcast at any time. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you for this morning. <music>